going on, Portland? Welcome back to the show. And it's good to be back here. This is Product of the 80s. I am your host, DQ Scott. And with me today is my very special guest, Mr. William Tyler Moore, lawyer, lawyer extraordinaire. Ooh. Welcome to the show, my man. The, fir the first word was true. I don't know if the second part is true. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be back. Yeah, man. It's good, it's good, uh, good to have you back here. Yes, Mikey's, is out, Mikey's out of town. Shout out to Mikey Hodges. I miss you, man. And uh, yeah, I'll see you when you get back. We'll do our thing. But he gone now. It's me and Tyler. See ya. All right, word. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. And so uh, let us not delay because we have a lot to catch up to do. So let's get right into the news. Headlines. I ad lib a lot. So Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Headlines. <laughs> Just round it out. Yeah. <laughs> the news, 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 news. All right. Getting right into it. Uh, so if you haven't heard, there's a gentleman by the name of Brett Kavanaugh, who is far from a gentleman, and uh, there's uh, sitting through some confirmation hearings right now because they want to put him in a very powerful position in our U.S. government, and a lot of people aren't having it. That's, <laughs> that's true. Specifically, some Democratic senators yeah, as well. Yeah, they got some words. And so uh, let's let let's start off with uh, let's start off with a clip real quick of just how how, how things started off uh, with these hearings. So let's just let's get to the jump off. Senator Chuck Grassley, let's listen in on the nomination of Mr. Judge Chairman Brent Kavanaugh, Mr. Chairman, to serve as Associate Justice. Mr. Chairman, I'd like Supreme to be recognized for United a question States. before we proceed. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to be recognized to ask a question before we proceed. The committee received just last night, less than 15 hours ago, 42,000 pages of documents that we have not had an opportunity to review or read or analyze. You are out, you're out of order. I'll proceed. We cannot possibly move forward, Mr. Chairman. I extend this a very warm welcome we not to been Judge given Kavanaugh an opportunity to have a meaningful his wife, hearing Ashley. on the nominee. There are two daughters. Mr. Chairman, I agree with my colleague, Senator Harris. Mr. Chairman, Judge we received 42,000 documents that we haven't been able else to review last today. night, and we believe this hearing should be postponed. I know this is an exciting day for all of you <laughs> here, and you're rightly proud Mr. of Mr. Chairman, if, if we cannot be recognized, I move to adjourn. The American people... Mr. Chairman, I move to adjourn. ...directly from Judge Kevin Law and Mr. Chairman, I move to adjourn. And Mr. Chairman, we have been denied. We have been denied real access to the documents we need to advise. Mr. Chairman, the regular orders called for. Which turns this hearing into a charade and a mockery of our norms. Well, and Mr. Chairman, I therefore move to adjourn this hearing. Okay. Woo! Wow. Yeah. The applause was a good touch. Yeah, like it was. That. Yeah, I'm glad some people were feeling that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh. About the smoothest start. Not, not <laughs> a strong start, right? But a necessary one, I, nonetheless. Yeah, I think Chairman Grassley got uh, 13 whole words out to start the yeah. hearing before he was interrupted yeah. there. But yeah. I like how you can, I like the tone of his voice. You can tell how pissed off he was. <laughs> yeah. You can hear the racist old white man. Right? <laughs> maybe the way Kavanaugh. <laughs> like that's that's not like I hate these niggas. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> maybe the way you don't <laughs> deal with the members of your committee is by trying to shout over them. Yeah. Right. While yeah. while you run your committee. Not without even addressing the issue the of issue, the documents. Right. It's just like we're out of order. Yeah. Deal with that. Like, yeah. It, it, it sounds like every horrible. 
old mean judge in every old movie that's ever yeah, like, like you sound like, like a my, villainous judge the like, my cousin Vinny judge yeah, yeah like exactly the, the exact kind of judge that no judge wants to be <laughs> yeah that's how you sound right there <laughs> movie villain judge so yeah but she pushed him hard she pushed him really hard to open up the hearing mm-hmm. um in terms of those process points right and i think that's the democrats have really really been hammering on that hard um you know, the not just that they they didn't disclose documents from the Bush administration, but yeah. that they haven't given over memos that he's written about Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of specific things that they've been asking for that they didn't get. And then having 42,000 documents dumped on you the night before the yeah. hearings, yeah. right, doesn't give you a lot of opportunity. It seems to, to be a much. tactic that they've used before with other oh. people like this. Oh, yeah. too. Like, just like, OK, we'll just get this barely get you the information. We'll move on to this hearing. I think this happened with. Uh, didn't this happen when they were uh, dealing with health care as well? Yeah. I think this happened with when they were doing tax reform as well, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, bam, here you go. Wait, we have none of this is clear. I think some stuff was written in Sharpie. In Sharpie. And yeah, stapled into the, on. <laughs> into the margins. Only leadership had read it. It's yeah. like, it's this chicken scratch. It's like, dude, you can't push this through. Exactly. <laughs> super, You're out of order. Yeah, super problematic there. Yeah, anyway. but yeah, she did a good job to start that. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, so I was hyped on that. Um, so, like, so there's a lot that stems from this, too. Um, I, I'm it just... For those who don't know, um, just know that your rights are uh, are at stake if this person gets in the office because he's very, very powerful person to be in a very powerful position, and he has a lot of biasness and you know uh, biased views. And, uh, don't. and a lifetime appointment is what we're considering for yeah. him right now. Oh right? man, that's not good. That's the last person you need. That's in that a, yeah, that's an interesting. I don't care how one's views sway what major- like what you know what you represent, what demographic you represent. None of that needs to be represented. I don't care. Yeah. I yeah, mean, you, all rights, all Americans deserve a voice to a point, but then that's like, no, you don't. At that point, you really don't. Yeah, you should. I, I mean, you should be somebody who is pretty yeah. middle of the road in terms of what your viewpoints are if you expect to have your opinion be the rules that the rest of us live by, right? Like, that's a big stretch for any person. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. Uh, I guess uh, to get into one of this a little more, uh, there's some some other people that have, uh, this has gone through an extensive process um, as well. So, like, Cory Booker. Has decided yeah. to take a stand on this and uh, pretty much put his job on the line. So I'll just play a quick cl- uh, clip from him and uh, we'll uh, discuss it. To, to release documents that I was talking about in pu- that I was talking about public form. So they were releasing them anyway now. But yesterday I broke the the these sham rule sham committee confidential rules. Yesterday I broke these sham committee confidential rules and I accept full responsibility for what I'm doing. Full responsibility. Whatever the consequences are, here I stand. I can do no other. Thank you for that clarification. So, are there other things that you have seen that are currently, I guess, still committee confidential that you think there are a whole bunch of? I I would like to see all the documents. If Bill Burkham said this, that they're not classified, we should redact any personal information and do what we've done past traditions in the Senate. But we should be releasing all of these documents, and they're withholding documents right now, purposefully. Documents like the one I read from last night that deal with issues that are controversial, they're holding them back, I imagine, personally, because they do not want these exposed to the public until there's a vote on the Senate. Americans should understand that's what's going on right now. That 90% of this person's resume is being held back because they don't want the public scrutiny before there's a vote on the Senate floor because, God forbid, an issue comes out that he should answer for, that he should be able to be questioned upon. And so here we are on the last day, the last hours that we get to question a Supreme Court nominee for a lifetime appointment on the highest court in the land, and and we've only seen 10% of his resume, 10% of the body of his records. That's that's outrageous, whoever you are, whatever side of the aisle. This is not a partisan issue. Uh, uh, This is what is just and right. 
All right, go Cory Booker. Yeah, right. About what's just and yeah. right. He's making that push. So he is. I mean, he knows he's a president. He wants to go to the top for sure. Yeah. But <laughs> let's just get that out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not hating on him. Like I see what you're doing, man. But hey, but that's what you got to do. But he did. He's kind of this morning, especially yeah. in the last couple hours. I mean, that's the you know Cory Booker coming out in open hearing and saying. Yeah. I'm going to violate these rules. Yeah. Um, it's kind of been a watershed moment a little bit in terms of other Democratic senators following following suit. Yeah. Um, so you saw Senator Hirono from Hawaii release some confidential memos that had to do with Native Hawaiians. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've seen some other people who have promised. I think Amy uh, Clochibar has promised to release something here pretty soon, too. Um, so they are... Uh, you know, all kind of fallen in line behind Cory Booker to make sure that he's not the only person that's going to suffer these consequences for making some of this information public. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, which is good because a lot of people have a lot of problems with uh, a lot of Democratic uh, leadership yeah, in the right. past year or two, mainly because they feel like they haven't been taking a stand. They've been walked over many times. Chuck Schumer's kind of haven't really done his job in a sense too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, the, the long story short, there are a lot of corporate Democrats out there. Yeah. And like, some of them ha are doing the job, but like, some of them you could tell when they have backed down. It's kind of like, all right, man. Like, the one moment we really need you, you kind of didn't step up to the plate. So, so to see some of these people like jump up and do their thing and like be like, hey, I'm not taking this money. I'm gonna stand up for you, and for me, it's a cost of my job, which is kind of ironic. Right. Weird way when I think about it. Yeah, to have, a to have a politician that that's willing to sacrifice his job. Which means do the right thing, which is the good for the, for the people. Good. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's uh, not what we're used to seeing there. That's kind of backwards, right? Yeah, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, we're moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of moving forward, let's just move on to another subject. We'll probably touch up on you know, little details of this later throughout the show because it's all relative. So, in a in a very uh. Whose man's is this moment? <laughs> Alex Jones <laughs> pull. Uh, what do the kids call it? He pulled up. He pulled up. He pulled up. On Marco Rubio. You can Marco tell Rubio. Alex Jones is used yeah. to being the least popular person in whatever room yeah. he's in. Yeah, right? yeah. He's like, oh man, this guy. <laughs> Very comfortable playing yeah. that role, I yeah. think. <laughs> but he still gets invited to like you know the birthday party in the back. It's like, why is yeah. Alex here? <laughs> Just be nice, all right? Just be nice to him. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise he's no going to put nice you on the internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it will happen. So school board will come after this or whatever. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so <laughs> whose man's is this? I just need, I need to do a segment called Whose Man's Is This? I'm just, it's going to probably start off with Alex Jones stemming from this. But anyways, listen in, everybody. You can hear the madness as Alex Jones runs up on Marco Rubio uh, during an interview after a conference. Oh, oh, he'll beat me up. You didn't say that. Man, he's so mad. You're not going to silence me. You're not going to silence me. Well, but, but, there are, but there are people. You are, like, you are literally like a little gangster thug. There are, there are people in this country. Rubio just threatened to physically take care of me. There are people who feel that they're being, um, they are being silenced. They feel like he tells you China's the problem, which it is, but they're taking our free speech right now. Social media platforms, Facebook, There goes Rubio. One thing is to say we're going to go after foreign interference designed to summon But it's already going on here. Another thing is to say we're going to go after the Republicans. Because at some point someone the has Democrats to make a determination. The What's the difference between you know misinformation from abroad and differences of opinion within the United yeah, States? Yeah, and that's happening there. It's a fine line, and that's something we need to be careful about. We don't overreach in that direction. But then he doesn't know about so InfoWars being banned. 
Get into the top news story in the country. About how they, uh, not just how they how they apply that within the United States, Info but they don't become agents of authoritarian <laughs> regimes abroad to crack down oh, on free speech. Because I wonder if Rubio got so mad a, at me and threatened, a, uh, threatened me physically. There's a balance between huh? um, what is free speech and what people disagree on. Okay. Poor Rubio. Thank you guys, I'm sorry. Yeah, man, I got to go to the committee. You guys can talk to this clown. Oh, yeah. Look at this little frat boy. So cool. Go back to your bathhouse. Oh. Compromise the bathhouses. Wow. There goes Rubio, a little punk. Anyways. Wow. You gotta love people that come from authoritarian regimes, and then they don't even appreciate America. Alex Jones, one of a kind. Yeah, man. Replete with a homophobic slur at the end. Yeah, Just, yeah. you know, got to slide it in there yeah, yeah, for yeah. good measure. Because he's a man, you know. Yeah, right. He might be taken out. some Gosh. <laughs> All right. So in that entire tirade of Alex Jones, I feel yeah. like he did say one thing that was true. I don't believe that Marco Rubio doesn't know who he is. Yeah. I don't believe that for a second. Yeah, of course he knows who he is. Marco Rubio knows who he is. But he knows he knows well enough to not even remotely associate yeah, himself exactly. with He didn't want to shot. engage in yeah. that. Like, he didn't want, want to give him any credibility. As but. the kids would say, they don't. He don't want that smoke. Yeah, that's right. He yeah, Marco today. Rubio definitely. <laughs> no, you are Marco Rubio yeah, definitely knows who no he smoke. is though. That's good, man. <laughs> Whose man's is this? Yeah, that. Yeah. So, uh, just a little bit about that. That was a uh, taken right outside of a committee hearing. And the committee hearing, what they did yesterday was they invited uh, Facebook and they invited Twitter uh, executives up to talk about how they didn't stop election interference on their platforms and how it was like this immense problem, yeah. figuring out what accounts were fake and all this stuff um, because the Hill is run by Republicans and because, of course, they have to do this, yeah. because they had this the executives of Facebook and Twitter up there, they also ran an additional hearing. And that additional hearing was just with Twitter, and it is, why are you banning all of all of these conservative accounts, yeah. right? Yeah. And so Alex Jones was standing outside of that hearing yeah. room because yeah. InfoWars account has been banned by Twitter. I think it's yeah. been a couple of months now. Yeah. Which is interesting too because sometimes it's like, no, it's not really a biased view when it's fact. And mm -hmm. it's like you're not accepting the factual evidence that shows that this is a biased view. And that's You know what I mean? Like right. Google isn't out to get Trump. It's They're just the, all the information, the facts, the data, the metadata just forms a, a conclusion that you're a horrible person. And that's like, what that's literally like, what Twitter kind of what's going on. Right, you know? what the executive like, testified to was yeah. we're our algorithm has nothing to do yeah. with ideology. There's yeah. not there's nothing there aren't in a keyword in there that yeah. has anything to do with ideology, yeah. right? Um, that your accounts are being yeah. banned has to do with something else. It just else. so happens <laughs> about 80 to 90% of the world hates racist. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is not... <laughs> an, oppressive, not an impressive yeah. people in nature behavior. Yeah. That's what it is. Not but confusing. But some people just can't accept it, man. People just can't accept the fact that like their their view is fact. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the reality. It's just their view. They don't want to face anything otherwise. That's that's And that's a scary thought. You got to admit when you're wrong. Yeah. Hey, wrong all the time. did Marco Rubio threaten him with violence? That's what he said. No. He, he said, I'll take care of it myself. Yeah. I won't get you arrested. I'll yeah. take care of it myself. Yeah, he said, I'll take care of it myself. Hmm. That's all. It's wonder, loosely though, yeah. I wonder what that means. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he'll just give him, maybe he'll pay him off. I yeah, don't know. Could be anything. Yeah, handshake away. Maybe I he'll will, do a little dance, you know? I will nicely take you over to this side and yeah. convince you of my argument on the merits. Yeah, exactly. Maybe is what he meant. <laughs> I'll buy a pumpkin spice buy latte. Buy a pumpkin spice latte. We'll exactly. Just chat over. <laughs> Lots of man. ways to persuade people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Um, uh, do we have time to get on anything else in headlines? Probably not. Uh, just a, this was a quick little run over. Uh, uh, court has decided that, um, or um, the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals decided with six homeless people from Boise, Idaho, uh, who, um, 
and the decision uh, pretty much uh, starts a precedent uh, that uh, homeless people can't get arrested. You can't be arrested for being homeless. Right. So pretty much looked at as an inhumane act to enforce a lot of laws against homeless people, especially seeing how the city doesn't provide enough shelters, mm-hmm. or uh, or in some cases, along with the shelters, people have to liter- literally change their religious views to be a part of the shelter, which is kind of brainwashing, which is also unfair. Right. So it's pretty much, and you can't just arrest someone because they're on the street because of these reasons. And so, like, which is yes, that that is inhumane. So absolutely, it, this does force a lot of cities to reevaluate themselves and take a look at. Yeah, and it's how they're handling their whole right. Situation. And to be fair, it's it's only in the Ninth Circuit, so the Ninth Circuit covers mostly just the West Coast. So you're yeah. looking at Nevada, Utah, Washington, Oregon, California, yeah. um, where it's mostly a problem. Yeah, yeah. where where is mostly a problem, yeah. and and so we don't know what the rest of the court circuits are going to do with no. that. We don't know if that will ever trickle up to the Supreme Court, yeah. right? But I I think it's a a really important step to recognize that folks who are displaced or people who are homeless do not have the resources to uh, to move out of public spaces, yeah. right? And so yeah. without offering them, with just offering them punishments yeah. and no incentives doesn't yeah. get you anywhere, right? It's yeah. a little like taking away people's food stamps when they're, they're, they don't have a job. Well, yeah. frankly, food stamps is not a jobs program and yeah. does not help me get a job. Yeah, exactly. Right? And you can't, survive, you you know, can't like. starve me into caring about this more. I already care, care about this as much as I possibly can. Yeah, exactly. Right? And yeah. So I think that's, a, you know, moving towards that form of recognition for folks in our society that we haven't given, you know, the resources and the opportunities to to move away from some some parts of their lives that they don't like. Yeah. Punishment isn't the answer. Yeah. What's it, what is it going to do? Yeah, it's going right? to do nothing. Yeah, you're just, it's creating a very ugly, vicious cycle. I mean, we're definitely feeding the private prison industry, yeah. but I don't know what else we're accomplishing there. Yeah, which is so. funny because um, we're thinking, well, hopefully, I don't know. I should look, up, look that up again, but I remember uh, we... That private prison that we had on the north side of town. Uh, I forget. I don't know why I'm Wapato. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Wapato. Yeah. Um, I remember Homer. What's his name? Got his hand with all that. But I'm curious to see what the progress with that is. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of abandoned buildings. A lot of empty, had a there's lot a lot of, of empty places around like the city and state that I'm sure that could be used to help out. And I'm sure there's not in more than pl- more places than just here. Yeah, definitely. You know, what I mean, I'm sure they're all over up and down the west coast. That I'm sure we could find something to do with that. Yeah. But instead, we're spending money on programs to arrest these people instead of like just putting them in. Right, that's true. And, but and Portland's had a, had difficulty trying to figure out what to do there. They've oscillated between bringing people together in certain spaces, trying to spread them out into public spaces around the community. Yeah. Like they just they haven't really come up with a you know a cohesive response there. They ain't trying. All right. Speaking of which, let's talk about Oregon news. <laughs> Jumping things off. This is like the fifth time I've brought, I've had to read a story about this, and I'll do it every time until it stops. All right. Another cougar sighting Ooh. prompts a lockout this time at an elementary school in Hood River. <laughs> now the cougar sighting put an elementary school in lockout on Wednesday afternoon uh, at around 1.30 uh, p.m. Uh, sheriff's office had reports of a cougar spotted near the intersection of Lois and Holly Drives. School officials said kids were not allowed to walk or bike home and parents were notified to pick up the kids that they did and ride the bus. Deputies searched the area but say they were unable to find the cat. <laughs> if you do see it, call the sheriff's office. Word. 
Good looking out. Good looking out. <laughs> awesome. You need to come pick up your kid. There's a cougar there. Hell no. Wow. No. Yeah. Yeah. How much do you love? Is your there kid? an armed guard when I walk up to the door to right? get him and walk back? Exactly. Well, that's to what... put him down when we like we know when everyone is showing up when there's thousands of targets. Yeah. And or like in this case, probably hundreds. I don't know how big schools. Either way, there's a lot of targets. A lot of you just, a lot of hunting to do there. And you just stumbled on what your Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, would say, which yeah. is, "This is why I advocated right. for arming <laughs> teachers anywhere, bears and cougars." <laughs> right? That's what I cited in my committee hearing. So yeah. this is getting crazy, though. I mean, like, but this, this is like the third, not long ago, somebody had like a cougar in their backyard. It ended up in her house. This is a crazy part about the story. She, she, she like telepathically got it out. <laughs> <laughs> like, but like, but she kind of did. Even though I know that's crap, but like she did it kind of straight out and it did walk out. That's pretty cool. So I'm not gonna argue against it, but I'm still not gonna totally believe it. A lot that. of eye contact. There. Yeah, exactly. She's just like, I just spoke to it with my mind. It's like you're safe, you're okay. This is the door. Wow. Yeah. All right. And she also let it sleep behind a couch for six hours. I was gonna say that's better than panicking. Yeah, probably. exactly. Better to casserole. Yeah, let like it hang he's out. gonna go sleep, take a nap upstairs. Then... Like, oh, he's still down there. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. Wow, that lady is far more zen than I could ever possibly be. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, keep an eye out there, everybody, because apparently they are cougars and bears rolling Careful. through residential. Or areas. use it as an excuse why you didn't get your biology homework done. Yeah. If you go to school in Hood River, yeah. I think those well, that's the cougar, other acceptable. So I was kind of scared of that. Scared of the cougar? I don't know. <laughs> it was right outside my window. The black family would be like, you know, I don't care about no cougar. Your homework. <laughs> I'm a cougar. I'm a get you. <laughs> Shout out to everybody playing up there. Anyways, moving on. Uh, and somewhat sad news to some people. Um, I think a lot of people have a lot of memories of this. Kanita Resort and Spa is closing after 54 years of business. That is mind-blowing to me because I figured that was just a thing that I was just there. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I guess get it in while you can. Um, the resort is on the Warm Springs Reservations just out of Bend, if you don't know. Uh, now, three confederated tribes that run the resort. Say it was not an easy decision to close it, but um, only a fraction of the board voted to shut it down. A lot of other members abstaining. Uh, but those in favor in the resort say losing too much money to remain in operation. Uh, yeah, I I, I kind of figured that was a thing I was going to do when I got a little older. Yeah, that's disappointing, right? Yeah, I kind of feel like maybe I should go now. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. When it, when's, I wonder when the last day that they're, you know, they're, they're sort of ending operations. Like, what's the window that we have to go? No, it's Wednesday. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Well, it's done. You better, yeah, get yeah. on the road right now. Yeah. So, uh, that's not going to happen. I <laughs> <laughs> got too much going on. I don't know. There's other places to go. But that's sad. I mean, it's sad to hear that, too. And especially if, like, if it's, I don't know, I don't know what, the, what the issues are necessarily with, with federated, confederated tribes and yeah. their ties to the economy and all that other stuff like that. Hopefully, they're not getting a bum deal. Hopefully, they're not abusing the system as well. Uh, just sad that something like that can happen. I think it's also a testament to how people's nature are in Oregon nowadays. And people just kind of like, I don't know. I think a lot of the old school things that people used to kind of go and do are kind of starting to fade a bit. People yeah, are looking for new new experiences and new places. And there's a lot of small towns in Oregon with a lot to offer. Mm -hmm. I think some places are seemingly a little dated. And yeah. maybe some people don't want to show up. Maybe Groof, Wolf Creek Lodge or whatever <laughs> took over the business. That's I don't right. Know. There's a lot of small towns that have popped up. You know, some, some tourism activities and stuff like that. And I think it has eroded a little bit of that base of what you think of like the old resort and casinos and the kind of traditional stuff that people used I mean, to use. I mean, I probably wouldn't go. I can see most people in my demographic being like, eh, I don't want to, like, if I think Canada, I'm like, eh, there's probably a bunch of like, no offense to people that are, the you know, a, 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 a greater generation than mine. <laughs> like, eh, <laughs> Who've made it that. further in yeah, life yeah, than yeah. you. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, I would think to myself, I don't want to go out there because I'm probably going to hang out with a bunch of people who are 56 years old. Yeah. 
And like that doesn't sound appealing to me. Yeah, I'd rather true. go somewhere else with a little more fitting, more people like me. You're gonna hear cool stories about going to see Chuck Berry in Las Vegas <laughs> or like I don't know, something like that. I imagine that's what or Get Branson, us. Missouri. Yeah. yeah. This guy's coming with the like, last time somebody's in Branson. Yeah. He's all you know how Sam Cook's military officer. I was the one who let him yeah, exactly. do his thing. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Every guy. That's a whole <laughs> other story. <laughs> that has some racist implications to it and everything too. That was crazy. Actually, I might as well tell a story. I'm not going to cheat you about that. I used to work at a bar. He used to come in all the time. He was a regular of mine, and he ordered Jack and Coke. <laughs> he used to have, always wear his marine jacket. He had one of those medicine boot shoes things, you know what I mean? He was all right, though. He was surly, mean as hell. Like, for some reason, he loved me. Wow. But, like, I was gone for a while. I was off shift. I was I forget what I was doing, but I wasn't around for a while. And somebody, he came looking for me because he only wanted me to serve him. Because I went first. I guess he liked me for some reason. I just did my job. And I guess he goes, uh, <laughs> he kills up to the bar. He goes, well, where's the colored gentleman at? He knows the survey. <laughs> and everyone was like, what? I'm sorry. He never called me? He never called me colored, my friends. That's the first I ever heard of it. Yeah. But like, they was like, yeah, he said it was a colored guy, and they kicked him out. I was like, ah, oh, well, yeah, you can go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was, <laughs> and that was it for him? Yeah, he never came back. That? But he used to tip me like eight bucks a drink. Uh, it's all good, though. That's not worth it for that expense. <laughs> he was just that old school, though. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't know how to word it. That's not an yeah, excuse. That's not an excuse, but, but still. But see, like, stuff like that, like, that's what I think about. It's like, I don't want to go out to Canada and, like, potentially have that. No, I'm have not that, saying it's yeah. out there. Yeah, for sure. But and I'd be, you that's know. That's an experience that you, that's open. Yeah. <laughs> it's a possibility yeah. if you go out there. I'll go on a limb and say that it's safe to say that most people call have fear of going to most small towns in Oregon because of that reason. But yeah. don't. Some of them are really great. Get out there. It's beautiful. Just do some research first. <laughs> Just do some research. Yeah, for real. Um, Move forward in some more local news. Uh, it's somewhat local. It's going out to Western Washington. Um, lots of teachers were on strike. Yeah. Uh, about 7,000 teachers went on strike in, Wa- in Washington, Washington um, leaving 120,000 students, students affected. That's a lot of kids out of school. A lot of kids out of school. All because people can't figure out how to properly pay our... Uh, are educators. Yeah, they've got 10 districts that are still out. The Washington problem, you know, and we've seen teacher strikes in the last couple of years. Uh, Arizona last year, West Virginia. Um, So a lot of folks, you know, across the country, teachers are feeling like they need to be a little bit better paid. Washington is kind of a unique scenario because what happened was uh, a couple of years ago, most states have what they call a foundation formula, a school foundation formula that they uh, have either written into their state constitution or they wrote into law a long time ago that requires it's a, it's basically a math formula that says we're going to spend so much money per student per district you fit in the numbers of how many students have enrolled this year and yeah. it spits out the amount of money that the state is required to fund the school districts um so in Washington, what they, what so the you know a good part about the foundation formula is it provides a lot of clarity for negotiations as you walk forward, right? Yeah. We understand what the formula is, we understand what you know salaries are going to look like moving forward, and we can negotiate those incrementally. Um, the bad part is it really depresses wages over time for teachers because teachers can't renegotiate those salaries district to, district by district, right? Yeah. So Washington repealed two years ago their foundation formula. So they had a lot of districts. Seattle has uh, their teachers are set to get a twenty percent raise over the next five years. Um, so they've seen in different districts across Washington, they've seen huge jumps yeah. by some folks renegotiating their salaries for their teachers. Yeah. But the problem is because because the jumps were so big and the formula got repealed, 
it didn't give any guidance to the rest of the districts. And so they were all looking over their shoulder, trying to figure out how much they could, they had to pay their teachers to stay competitive or to keep their teachers in the classroom. Some of them didn't come to terms with their teachers in a way that made sense because there yeah. just wasn't really a blueprint for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you, you started to see teacher strikes there. Yeah. Um, and so they're the, you know, the the upshot of that, I think, is in Washington, you're going to see a lot of teacher raises across the board that are going to really, really outpace teacher raises anywhere else in the country. Yeah. Um, and that's going to start to set the bar for how teachers should be paid. Yeah. Um, but where it remains to be seen whether this is going to happen more frequently in Washington, right? Even though you're being provided better salaries and better benefits as teachers, yeah. whether the lack of clarity in how do we get to yes for future increases, whether it leads to more and more strikes. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll, Washington's really going to be a litmus test there for kind of what goes on. That's great. Um, I, 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 one, of the, one of the things I take from this in a personal note is just me getting involved in the school system like a little bit with my kids' program and like just seeing what the teachers are going through and doing with their, even me just coming in to help a bit. I know like it's seemingly a re relief for this, everything that they're doing, mm. which is nonstop. Even if some, you know, my friend that's helping me out with it and that got me involved in it, like the extra work she puts in outside of that, that like she's not getting paid for it. And I know all these things make a big difference because I know these kids that have like no interest whatsoever. So I, I think this is kind of like, the thing I take most from this is like the, the discouragement of the, the, the children seeing yeah. this and then getting themselves back and going through the education system like i, I can see them having very little faith and what's going to be done for them you know what right. i mean like absolutely I, I, you know i just feel like at the end of the day it's like i can't i can see how they can't help but think to themselves like who cares about us like yeah because at the end of the day that's what it's about it's about taking care of the teachers but it's mainly so they could take care of take care of the kids, kids. right and especially that's your if you're a student you that's want, your then? point of contact yeah. with the school system is yeah. your teacher yeah. right and to see your teacher bend over backwards yeah. for you and your class. I want to make sure that person's happy. Yeah, and then not yeah. be supported by the state or by the administration. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. Morale means a lot. There. Especially people know a lot with, with how kids are, especially having kids. I'm sure you could have some sympathy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for what, you know what I mean? For how they're feeling, what they're going through. Mm -hmm. And just that situation, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's, it seems weird to me, that's all. All right, and a client to close out uh, this organized confusion. They're regulating scooters, everybody. I gotta fix that. I missed the settings on my laptop. Uh -oh. I can't find it, but I don't want to mess with it right now. We'll figure it out. Well, don't okay. send me messages, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the show. All right, we're regulating the electric scooters in Portland the old-fashioned way. So if you haven't noticed, <laughs> there's scooters on the road, and there's a lot of them. They're annoying, but uh, they're <laughs> they're they're starting to deal with it because no one's following the rules, of course, because now everybody knows Portland doesn't do that. No one cares. So <laughs> so now we're they're, they're, instead of putting out an email or disclaimer of any other way. They're going old school. So they're putting the new rules and regulations in a, on a flyer attached, a little like little tiny flyer, a little card wrapped around the bike with the rubber band. No one's going <laughs> to read that. No one's going to The marriage of high tech and low tech. Yeah. Man. They're like, no, sometimes it's simple, effective. No, or you could just get out there and tell people somehow, right. like, let it be known. We talked about this a little bit more yesterday, what, to be uh, what could be done with this more, more or less. Yeah, that's the helmet things. Like, why are there no helmets that come with them? Right, the scooters are interesting, and it, I, you know, the I think because we've been ramping up, seeing the the pilot program for the scooters in yeah. the last three weeks or four weeks or however long they've had them on the streets, um, it's it's sort of brought to mind that like either you know small motorized vehicles or non motorized transportation 
what that means for people safety wise right when yeah. we like give you a, a some kind of individual transportation device and you're responsible for operating it yeah what that means and i think the you know even in the scope of the partnership with nike those nike town bikes the orange racks yeah. um it blows my mind a little bit to think that you know a lot of the point of that program was to make it uh, easier for tourists who come to Portland to be able to bicycle around because the city has the infrastructure for it mm. um, And so you're taking folks who don't have any knowledge of the the streets around Portland don't have yeah. any knowledge of the bicycle pass or anything like that may be unaccustomed to being on a bicycle in the city anyways yeah. right yeah. and provide zero yeah. helmets at especially, the point especially of purchase a big clunky bike like that yeah big yeah. like you would you would think that that yeah. would come standard with it that you would have to unlock the helmet basically before you could unlock the bike right because yeah. um, that that's sort of the yeah. po a point of people being compliant yeah. there but it seems a little bit like a trap if yeah. you're the city yeah it is you know? a trap. i mean it's just like people aren't going to roll around with a helmet attached to them like oh i might get a scooter today yeah I mean, you can set it up easily. It's just like, okay, put the put the helmet there. Someone takes it, they get fined. Yeah, is that not, the, since it's not attached to the thing, you know, you get you get you get charged thirty dollars or yeah, something like exactly. that. Exactly, you know that what makes I mean? a lot so of sense. So it's not to do it, but like no one's gonna initially just put on a helmet. And they're not provided there, especially because I see kids going buck wild on those things. Ooh, I see like little eight year olds, mm -hmm. which is weird. How do, how does it? I do you have a credit card? Yeah, I thought they were supposed to have a driver's license to be able or to Or a credit those. card. How do yeah. you have all of those things exactly. at that age? Yeah. That's I don't know scary. what's going on there. But I did. I, I, with a smartphone. A kid with a smartphone and a, and a visa. That Right? No. Oh, man. There's nothing more dangerous no, than on that On a scooter. Anyways. On a scooter. Jacked <laughs> on sugar. Yeah. That is that is Watch true out. danger right there. The new danger. Public enemy number <laughs> one. <laughs> Watch out. Watch out, y'all. Anyways, just as a quick numbers. Uh, I said, I guess they've uh, over the 120 day pilot program. There's been over a thousand, 1,100 complaints from people about um, from about 500 people, and I guess uh, that's, <laughs> I guess uh, their next move is to, um, I guess try to regulate some of these. I know some of the companies are getting regulated by the city as far as speed, like mm -hmm. speed limits and stuff like that goes. Yeah, they're working with uh, them, and they did. Portland did it a little bit differently than other cities because they did whenever. You know the the sort of rideshare scooters, these electric scooters yeah. companies rolled it out a lot like Uber rolled theirs out, where they just barnstormed a city and had them on the streets. And when people people already had started riding them yeah. before they engaged in a conversation with the city about what that would look like and about yeah. any kind of permitting or regulations there. And Portland Portland saw that coming up the coast, and so the city officials got ahead of that. Yeah. So they went ahead and contacted the companies yeah. and said, "We know you guys are going to end up here. We want to talk to you about low cost permitting and what this is going to look like." Yeah. And so I know they're they're engaged in a pretty robust conversation yeah. about how the program is going to work long term and, mm -hmm. and sort of some of the safety aspects of it. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see some of those problems go away. As long as we don't got to pay taxes, I'm good. That's right. All right. Let's move on to our main topic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as you may have heard, Colin Kaepernick is now the new face of a Nike ad campaign. Yes, he is. Just do it. I'm pretty sure you heard about it. Just do it again. Yeah, they might have heard about it. So, 
basically, let's just get down to brass tacks about all aspects around this, as many as much as we can cover in a little bit of time we have left on this show. So, uh, to start off, let's just play the ad, and I'll let you hear it, and we could determine um, what's so bad, <laughs> so bad about this. Why is he a bad? Role if people say your dreams are crazy, if they laugh at what you think you can do. Good. Stay that way. Because what non-believers fail to understand is that calling a dream crazy is not an insult. It's a compliment. Don't try to be the fastest runner in your school or the fastest in the world. Be the fastest ever. Don't picture yourself wearing OBJ's jersey. Picture OBJ wearing yours. Don't settle for homecoming queen or linebacker. Do both. Lose 120 pounds and become an Ironman after beating a brain tumor. Don't believe you have to be like anybody to be somebody. If you're born a refugee, don't let it stop you from playing soccer for the national team at age 16. Don't become the best basketball player on the planet. Be bigger than basketball. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. When they talk about the greatest team in the history of the sport, make sure it's your team. If you have only one hand, don't just watch football. Play at the highest level. And if you're a girl from Compton, don't just become a tennis player. Become the greatest athlete ever. Yeah, that's more like it. So don't ask if your dreams are crazy. Ask if they're crazy enough. All right. That's fantastic. It is. Gosh. People just reaching. Man. Pack all <laughs> all of those people together in there. People just reaching. Yeah. So let's let's just get down. Let's just get right to the thick of it, man. So everyone's pissed off because they think he still hates military. Mm-hmm. He still thinks it's a military, you know, protest, which it's not. It's very well explained. There's a lot of footage out there. I should have pulled the clip, but whatever. Uh but the uh the serviceman who he talked to, who who apparently was not happy about it at first, and then once they met each other, Colin Compton just reached out to him. He's like, Hey, I'm touched by your story. I want to talk to you because I want to show honor and respect. Kelly couldn't reach out to him because he heard what he had to say. He didn't want him to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And then asked this man what was the right way to do it after. So it wasn't like some just thing. He didn't run into some guy at some shelter or whatever at some press conference. He reached out to this person, built a personal relationship to do this. But the person saw his view and still changed his mind. And he's like, you know what? I can see where you're coming from. There is a lot of injustice there. Yeah. And this is the more appropriate way to do it. And no one still wants to accept it. And I mean, even to the point of where they're starting to use other examples, pull other people, like, you know, people saying he has never sacrificed anything. People are starting to use Pat Tillman. Yeah, the Pat Tillman response. Which is really wrong because Pat Tillman's wife even came out and was like, do not exploit my husband's death just like the U.S. government did yeah. after him getting shot by friendly fire in this situation. Don't exploit my husband's death for your agenda on this. Like, yeah. don't. You know what I mean? That's wrong. Granted, what you, what you may think of Pat Tillman going out to war and doing that, he doesn't deserve to be exploited in this situation. That's right. for sure. And that's, it's, I'm... It's so surprising that it's such such a, a flashpoint still in terms of the, you know, the, Colin Kaepernick. I, I mean, I think the first time he took a knee was more than two years ago, yeah. right? And so we've had this going on now. This is going to be us creeping into the third NFL season. 
of dealing with this as a front and center issue, yeah. right? And it's no, you know, it's obviously not a secret that President Trump keeps, you know, pouring gasoline on that fire. Yeah. I don't, you know, uh, I don't know if we all remember, but there was a time businessman Trump in the 80s tried to buy an NFL team, right? Yeah, yeah. And then couldn't get into the NFL and started his own professional football league for a little while there yeah. that eventually collapsed in the early 90s. Yeah. Um, and so he's, you know, this is, it's a personal grievance, much like uh, many other personal grievances that he has that aren't attached to any other principle or ideology, right? Or don't seem to be. And he, it seems like he's found a soft point in the NFL yeah. and he's just sticking it every yeah. time he wants to because yeah. he gets crowd applause. Yeah, it's, it's an easy response for his audience too. Yeah. It's like a, it's an easy talking point to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Even though the facts are totally avoided throughout the process of this. Right. Yeah. You know? And I think it's just weird how people just won't come to terms with what, what this is really about. Like, people are so mad about this that they think, like, what about the issue that's happening? So, like, and long, and long story short, you just don't believe that, you know, that this is a problem that exists. Yeah, or to say that it's not an appropriate way to, to yeah. bring that conversation to yeah. the public sphere is, yeah. li- I mean, that to it me is. is outrageous. It doesn't make any sense, yeah. right? To say that nonviolent, peaceful protests at businesses you think of lunch counter sit-ins you think of rosa parks on the bus yeah right in birmingham alabama peaceful protests at your job or at other people's jobs where we're all getting we're all receiving public services or public benefits like i mean that is a cornerstone of civil rights in america yeah and it doesn't change because he makes money no and I think it's just the dumbest argument. It's like, well, you make millions of dollars. It's like, in other words, the, well, not what you're saying. And it's like, shut up, black guy. You should be happy white America gave you the chance to make millions of dollars. Exactly. If it wasn't for the white man, you wouldn't be making any money right now. So shut up and throw the ball. Right. And I think that's the... That's pretty much what they're saying in that situation. And it's the other side of the coin yeah. of folks who haven't made it yeah. in terms of, uh, you know, making it in a high-level profession or something like that, yeah. where, you know, oftentimes white Republicans, conservatives will will dismiss their viewpoint as yeah. being just captured by the Democrats and not and being uninformed, yeah. right? Yeah. And so at what point, where, where along the economic or the socioeconomic spectrum do you get to have a voice yeah. if you're an African-American yeah. about oppression or issues and of it, police brutality? Especially because right? even though you move into that new neighborhood, it gets worse. That's another part about it. It's like, that doesn't change anything. Yeah. They're black celebrities that make millions of dollars and they can stop in front of their own homes. That's exactly right. You know Michael, what I mean? Michael Che once asked the question, how much money would I have to make to gentrify a white neighborhood? Yeah. How much money? Like, there's not enough money in the world. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what's happening. Well, who would have happened to, like, T.I. got stopped in front of his house or something like that and someone would let him in? Cephalosha got beat up beat by up. the cops. Yeah, James Blake, the same thing. Yeah, like, these are professional athletes make tons of money in their own city yeah. for the team that they play for in the city. And this is happening to them. Exactly. And there's no there's no safety ground. That money doesn't make a difference. You'll still get beat up and thrown in jail. They'll get you. Mm-hmm. They don't care. So all those those are, that's another moot point. I mean that none of it just adds up. And then like and then I guess if we just get down to the the craziness of like boycotting Nike, okay, fine. Boycott them, that's your right. But th- like then burning the products, that's a little dumb. Doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense at all. I mean if it makes you feel better, fine, do it. But I don't see you're not it, you can see the lack of passion mm-hmm. and ideas when it comes to this. Like, makes me think, makes me know how much they don't really care about the issue at hand. They just really don't like upbeat black people. Yeah, just kind of like mucking. Things and it starts, yeah, it stops to be a dog whistle after a while. It yeah. starts to be pretty there's, over. There's no, pa- there's no, there's nothing real in the subject. You can see it in their actions, what they do, and the steps they're taking. It's like there's nothing real. Yeah, there. Like you have no heart in this. You're just kind of just pissed off. 
But you're like, whatever. Like, I can tell you're just not that affected by it. Yeah. Whereas, like, this is our lives here. You know, for other people of color, it's like, and other people just in general. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Police brutality in general is just a horrible thing. That's exactly right. You know um, what I'm saying? But, like, the, you know, additionally for Nike, the Colin Kaepernick has that collusion claim going on against the NFL owners yeah, right now, right? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago or a short time ago, the the judge allowed that lawsuit to continue to go forward, said there was a- ample evidence, oh, and then kind of the answers that the owners had given and some emails that they had discovered. Um, but you got to think in terms of Nike, you know, Nike, obviously, it's a bold step for them as a company to to include him in this kind of a campaign. But you got to also think that they saw some value there, right? Yeah. That they that they, you know, recognized, hey, this is something that's going to move our products off the shelves. Yeah. Right. A lot of people support this or a lot of people will, will yeah. kind of coalesce around this message. Well, they know where they um, stand with their audience. They know who the audience is. Yeah, there are. There's not it's not the angry old racist white guy buying twenty dollar discount. That's right. Nike's from Big Five. Yeah, that's not you where they're I mean? making their money. It's the it's the young black Mexican Asian sneakerheads. Yep, getting beat up by police. <laughs> we getting beat up by police. Some sneakers. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's the right. Wait for shoes. But I would say yeah. I would argue that they're the that you know the if you're the NFL Crazy owners man. right and you're trying to argue that we didn't collude against Colin Kaepernick because he yeah. was obviously a good enough player to be yeah. on a team so yeah. your argument's got to be that his marketability was so bad at that point that we each all 32 owners yeah. each individually decided he was unemployable yeah. because of how obvious it was that yeah. he was just basically net negative yeah. in terms it of was marketability not his numbers right what it was but, like 88.9 Rating was it 89, 88.9 rating or something like that? QBR, yeah, it was something like that. Okay, it's it was better than half the league, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was a good here's the thing it was better than half the league Mm -hmm. on a horrible team. Yeah, everyone's like, well, look at his win loss record, but that everyone knows well. Everyone look at Barry Sanders' win loss -loss record, record. yeah, exactly. You're gonna talk about you're gonna tell me Barry Sanders can't hire Barry Sanders (laughs) now? That doesn't tell the truth. That that doesn't matter, that doesn't mean anything. Team sport, you dummy. Yeah. Especially a team like one like football. I mean, you can have an influence as a quarterback. But if you're throwing those balls and no one's catching them, that's mm-hmm. not I mean, you know what I mean? Or yeah. if you have no one to throw to, if they can't get open. That doesn't help. Even his running stats aren't that bad in those seasons, but even if like it was one eleven, it was a horrible season for him. Yeah, it's tough. But his numbers weren't that bad. Yeah. And I'm surprised he put up the numbers he did, and it's unfortunate that he I, I'm surprised that he even did that right. with the squad that he had to do so, that with. But that's it. Even with his Let numbers. Let me start on the quarterbacks yeah. right now. They're straight garbage. Garbage. Even with his rough numbers, you could argue maybe he's maybe yeah. he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, but he's he is a right now. quarterback <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. Period. Have you seen some of the ends of these benches? Yeah. I mean, it's like it's crazy. Oh, yeah. So, but that I really do think that Nike, you know, the the argument if you're the NFL to a court has to be it's so obvious he's unmarketable that he that he is he, it's going to be negative on our balance sheet if we put him on the team that all of us likely individually made this choice right mm-hmm. and nike coming out and having him be the face of an ad campaign really yeah. really undercuts that argument right yeah. he nike a wonderful company took one glance at him and said no way kid you are very marketable yeah. and we can make a lot of money off yeah. of you um, also, keeping in mind that he already had a contract with Nike before this. Yeah, he did. Right. You know, maybe there's some bonus for this, and something happened. But mm-hmm. I'm sure they're going to sit him, sit him you know, on a contract and not do anything. Yeah, but maybe, but, it, but, but you're certainly not going to put a face on something that you think is going to detract from yeah. what you're able to. Well, sell, you have right? to take a stand at some point too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you, you, that's most of your audience. You know what I mean? Like uh, athletes that that work for your company in other sports. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, like you're a representative of them. It's kind of like someone has to kind of kind of do that in other words but the, the popular phrase being thrown down with this is just being on the right side of history yeah and i totally agree with it like i'm pretty sure they kind of looked at it 
And granted, like, a lot of the arguments people make on the other side is like, well, you people don't know about their, their horrible sweatshop practices. This is true. But there's a lot of places that do that, too. If that's the case, we all got to give up our cell phones as well. Yeah, that's true. Granted, like, I know Nike's has taken some steps yeah, to like, improve. They, improve they, like, they're very well aware that everyone else is well aware yeah. of their practice. They have taken steps. They've but, been working I mean, on that supply chain for a long time. For a so. long time. But, I mean, that would cut off everything. Even mm-hmm. then. That's besides the point. Because now we're getting away from the real narrative, which is police brutality. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's kind of what counts. That's what they want, that's like right? The that's thing, why yeah. they're doing this. Yeah, at the exactly. end of the day, because we're getting on this other stuff, because it's opened up other problems with race and other issues and stuff, mm-hmm. but it still avoids the big one, which is Right, and the, which is, I, I mean, I think that's a... Which is, can we all agree on that? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a perfect point of why it's being brought up in the Texas Senate race right now, yeah. right? Beto O'Rourke and Ted Cruz. That's a huge, huge topic there, and it's and it's for that exact reason. It's to be a smokescreen for stuff that actually impacts your life, or to or to not have that have to have that conversation about police brutality, yeah. um, you know, about other other uh, enforcement actions, immigration, you know, that that affect people that they don't agree with. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. Uh, all right. Well, we got to move on to other stuff because it's a full show, but uh, we'll be talking about this more in the near future, I'm sure, because this is definitely not a dead issue. There's a lot to go off of from here, so um, yeah, looking forward I'd to still it. Actually. Take, I'd still take cap on my fantasy football team. Yeah, <laughs> last in the draft, just to make a point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So uh, let's get into that's racist. <laughs> a lot of haters out there. Yeah, a lot of haters. Yeah. We're gonna talk about a real bad one today. Straight punk. Worse than Alex Jones or the same? Yes. What? Yeah, yes. At least Alex Jones is crazy. Yeah. This fool right here is on a whole new level. So let's talk about Tucker Carlson, everybody. So recently it's come to tension that there's been uh, a, a writer and editor named Scott Greer. This is going to come around full circuit, trust me. Uh, that, uh, there's a former writer editor for the Daily uh, Caller, which you've, if you've ever heard of, it's like the worst news organization. I have to read it all the time because I have to look the comments just to see where right ring minds and go. And it's tough to read It's really comments. tough. I do, it, I do it for y'all just to get an idea of what I'm up against. Yeah. <laughs> apparently. And so uh, this isn't the first time that, uh, long story short, he's been uh, he's been writing uh, very racist um, stories and op-eds and other, uh, has a lot of material out there. He's been writing under like a, uh, an alias. Yeah, pseudonym. Di- yeah, pseudonym, uh, different aliases. Um, and so he's been he's been kind of caught. And so, th- but this, this has come around full circle because there's a lot of people like this in media. This 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 isn't like a new concept. This isn't a new thing, and it, it's being easily disguised. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it, a lot. It's, it's it's really just just put on a, a bow tie, comb your hair out to the sides, look up, look all nice and clean. And you can say the most racist thing as long as you don't say the N-word. yeah. Dress like a college Republican, right? Yeah, yeah. And you can get, you can get away with it. I think this is three for Tucker Carlson's. Uh, for the Daily Caller, where they've had yeah. someone who has been writing, actively writing under yeah. a pseudonym for a white nationalist website at the same time that they were employed by the Daily Car- Caller, yeah. either as an employee or yeah. a contributor. And I bring this to Tucker Carlson because he was in charge of the Daily Caller at this time. He was running things there, so I'm pretty sure he hired these people directly. And he, say Tucker Carlson gets a lot of support from a lot of uh, racist groups, like David Duke, like in, uh, what's his name? It was like a, something... Well, I keep uh, Spencer, I keep, Richard, uh, yeah, Richard, Richard Spencer. Spencer. I was gonna say Robbie, Robbie Schneider. Yeah, Rob <laughs> Schneider. Yeah, Deuce Bigelow. But I was gonna Richard say Robbie Schneider, you know? and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> Rob Schneider's probably racist. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, so yeah, uh, I don't know. It's just it's it's just something to watch out for because this is like this is happening a lot. Like same with like your Ben Shapiro's, 
And mm-hmm. something else, like this, like intelligent racist is, but it's out there now. But they're taking over the airways. I mean, you have your Alex Jones, who's just kind of crazy. Yeah. But like people like Tucker Carlson were very calculated. Yeah, and it's you know, and he they're I, not really that dumb. I don't think they're weird. They're bad people, but I don't. The, the scary thing is that I don't think they're dumb. Right, and they know what they're doing. They know the yeah. role that they're playing there. And they yeah. Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram really have taken over that mantle from Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity in terms of driving the conversation for super conservative people. Yeah. And they have both of them have stopped being uh, hidden in their references about folks that they don't agree with. Yeah. And so they've been, it, it is, it's definitely turned from dog whistles into really overt racism. Yeah. Laura Ingram argued not that long ago that a huge danger for our country was demographic changes yeah. that we never no, voted that's, for. And that's exactly what- That doesn't even make any that's sense. That's what Tucker Carlson gets to teach. like, I don't know how comfortable I feel about this, like America changing. Some you, people aren't comfortable with that. Okay, you don't get to I'm vote sure on Native people Americans moving to your state. murdered by white people. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. recall voting on that either. Yeah, that's just uncomfortable because it's different. I don't know how comfortable I feel because they yeah. bring in their culture here. Get yeah, out of here. That dude. Doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he doesn't have it. Yeah, from yeah. Tucker Carlson's perspective, yeah. especially, getting caught that many times yeah. with your hand in the white nationalist cookie jar, yeah. I, you really, really need to yeah. reevaluate the stances you're taking yeah. in public. And then, and right? Just to give you an idea, this is the kind of rhetoric that Tucker Carlson puts out here. Please listen and enjoy. Right. So, okay, I'm feeding it. Right. This is a confusing time, 2018. Who knows what the boundaries are? I'm totally opposed to illegal immigration. I think that our legal immigration level should be lower because the country's getting too volatile. Those are my sincere views. Should, I also like Mexican food since I grew up on the Mexican border. Should I be allowed to eat Mexican food? No, no, you know, this is, I think, what people are pointing out, the contradiction of attacking someone's well, no, culture, someone's story, and then well, celebrating their, 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 their food and celebrating what their, their food or, it's or American what they find food. convenient to it's celebrate American. about their story. Well, you think you own tacos now or something? <laughs> I love this. It's of so crazy. No I can't one does, even. By the way. Oh, oh, really? Because it sounds like you feel like you own tacos. No. I feel like I do. I feel like they're an American food, and I'm going to keep eating them, even though I agree with Jeff Sessions. I'm glad, I'm glad you do. No, and I think everyone should. Tacos, guacamole, and you know, we should all celebrate each other's cultures. We feed off each other. It's no what makes what us each other's cultures. cultures. It's an American Diverse food. And it's an American feeding food. off each other's you're cultures. Not gonna steal, from you're each not going to appropriate my culture. from each other's I'm cultures. I'm from San Diego, man. Those are my tacos. Mine. Right. Anyway, thank you. Great to see you. <laughs> wow. How could you even end it like that? Like, I have to be great such a to jerk. See you. Yeah. yeah, great to see you. Thanks for being here. Great to see you. I own Thanks tacos. This is America. Great yeah. to see you. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't so intelligent there. That was just obviously just the jerk. Wow. And him. Can I say a hole? Can I say a hole, Okay. All right, well, we'll get that fixed next time. I'll we'll, check. Yeah, we'll run that up the ladder right. to the FCC and we'll get that changed. Rants. <laughs> well, anyways, did I just say it? Anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the proverbial. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's move on to some. Oh, actually, one more quick story. Um, for uh, for that's <laughs> for that's racist. Uh, out out in Europe, uh, there's a school that's there's gonna. Know, so no charges are going to be brought uh, over to students uh, that had a mock slave auction somewhere in Bath. Um, yeah, there's about six six students had hemmed up a young black kid and started whipping him and filmed it and put it on Snapchat about having this fake slave auction. 
and the school board decided and that they're, they're not pressing charges. They're like, we're going to handle this internally by giving him some different, like, proper punishment, internal punishment. Yeah, it was like a consent resolution. This is in England, and they, yeah. you know, they're going, they've been going through that Brexit stuff and the, the and a lot of that, yeah. the sort of nationalist rhetoric from folks, and, and it's, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a difficult thing to have to try to, to navigate if you live over there, right? Yeah. But, man, I, where... Like, where the te- do are there teachers in it? Schools in England? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is it like do you they have adults in the school? The crazy or? part is that like this isn't the first time. They yeah. just happen to get it on. Like, happen to get the camera on this one. I'm curious. They're like, oh, this is a thing they do. So you knew this is a thing. Yeah. We just don't have enough people to stop it when it happens. But you know it happens. Maybe you should get someone out there that. Oh right. man. Follow that black kid every day. Yeah. <laughs> you have to make sure they don't mock slave auction them. Talk to some parents. Maybe take yeah. a bathtub out of your school. I'm not yeah. positive why there's a bathtub. I didn't in know there they anyway. got. I didn't know they got. I know there's complaints too. There's no one really doing anything about it. But the fact yeah. that they're just burying it now, like, oh, we'll just handle it internally. Like that's oh, kind of scary to me. Like, nah, I kind of think the law should get a little involved. I don't right. think the kids should be like the name should be out or anything like that. But they deserve to have some punishment. Oh yeah, a slap on the wrist because obviously they didn't. They're not going to learn anything. That's how I'm looking at it. I don't know. All right, let's move on to some pop news. So those who don't know who Elvin Thibodeau is, <laughs> oh, he was the uh, the positive thinking yet mm-hmm. shy, intimidated, but still oddly courageous son-in-law. Yeah, to to Heathcliff Huxtable, Sandra's husband, right? Sandra's husband, yeah, um, the, the oldest daughter that you never saw, really. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's the hottest. Yeah, <laughs> he's in love with her. Well, she's hotter than Lisa Bonet, really. Oh, you know that's. It's arguable. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all a preference, bro. Yeah, that's right. Anyways, so yeah, so Elvin was an upstanding guy, and I think he has a little bit of Elvin still in him. Now, this man, this, this, his real name is uh, Jeffrey Owens, mm-hmm. and a woman took a picture of him uh, working in a Trader Joe's. So many of you might not know this, but hey, actors, sometimes they have, they're not always working, and he just wanted to pay the bills, so he had to work. This happens very often. All over the place. Yeah, I would especially yeah. imagine those Cosby Show residuals are drying up right about now. Yeah, too. a little bit. Yeah, right. But just yeah, a I'm sure he wants to just move on too. You know, what I mean, yeah. he wants something to do. Like, 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 very a lot of people in the world of entertainment hold regular jobs. Yeah, absolutely. Like a lot of people don't realize this. Like they just need something to keep things moving. You know what I'm saying? And so like this is normal. So this lady took a picture trying to shame him, and it's, like I said, I just wanted to bring it up just to show that you know what, it doesn't matter what you do if you're hardworking, as long as you got a job, that is all that counts. You don't need to get on people about this stuff. And I'll let Jeffrey Owens say it best. The fact that I, as the guy from The Cosby Show, was shamed about working at Trader Joe's, that story is going to move on. That's going to pass, you know? But what I hope doesn't pass is this um, new recognition now, this current um, sensitivity that people are feeling about, about work and about people working. I hope what continues to resonate is the idea that that one job is not better than another, that a certain job might pay more, it might have better benefits, it might look better on paper, but that essentially one kind of work is not better, superior than another kind of work, and that we, we reevaluate that whole idea and we start just honoring the dignity of work and respecting the dignity of the working person. Right on, brother. Yeah. Hey, on that. 
y'all can't be movie stars or own a you know company or have a YouTube channel or just whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Some of us just gotta. Some people just gotta work. Yeah, exactly. So props to you for doing because some people just don't want it. So like, just yeah. And Fox, all the hardworking people and Fox News has had a lo- whole lot to say about, in particular, African American men hmm. not holding gainful employment. Yeah, right? I don't yeah. know why they're choosing to put somebody on blast for having a well, good they, job. They just run with that stereotype, even though numbers so. are looking really good for us nowadays. They still just want to look at the old facts of that too, especially with like us taking care of our children, which has gotten way better. Actually, it's dr- dramatically improved. But no one wants to talk about that. They still want to hold that idea. It doesn't exist. All right. So we got to do a quick bar, th- bar rant, and then we're going to roll out of here. I'll let you start off since you're our guest. Whatever you feel like talking about, whatever, whatever you got in your mind, whatever needs to happen in wow. the bar. Whatever that needs to happen at the bar. Whatever. Oh, man. Positive, negative. Yeah, 